death is inevitable. It can be grand or dramatic, but mostly our candles fizzle more than they flare. The only guarantee in life is the end. If we can't escape it, why then should we in death be strangers? We know a little about what happens next. We know the other side isn't this side. That we do not suffer an unpleasant shock and continue with life thereafter. No. One way or another, we all die. And to know more about death is to know more about the life that leads us there. The Dead Desk is not a horror show, although some of the subject matter can be a bit horrific. We are here to share the stories of real people who deal with death every day. On The Dead Desk, we delve into Earth's many underworlds to learn more about death and dying, and a thing or two about life along the way. Okay, hello and welcome to The Dead Desk. My name is Preston Wickersham, I'm your host. Joining me today is Kyle Sherwood out of Save My Ink Forever. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Hey man, thanks for having me, I appreciate it. Absolutely. So for those who don't know, and, and just to get us started off, uh, who are you and what is Save My Ink Forever? So again, I'm Kyle Sherwood. I am COO of Save My Ink Forever, which is a company that specializes in uh, post-mortem tattoo preservation. Post-mortem tattoo preservation. And to to clarify exactly what that is for, for people who may be a little confused, what when you say post-mortem tattoo preservation, what are you talking about? Sure. So after someone passes away, uh, we specialize in preserving their uh, loved one's tattoo. Excellent. And and you're you're speaking specifically about removing the tattooed skin from the person and preserving it in in a sort of um, artifact style, uh, like a frame or. Correct. So the tattoo would be surgically excised and then go through our uh, proprietary preservation process. And from there, once the tattoo is preserved, yes, we uh, we frame it. So we contact the family and go over different framing styles and options that they uh, wish to have their loved ones art uh, framed in. Obviously, a fascinating company, and, and you are you're pretty much the the only people doing it. How did you how did you get the idea to start this company in the first place? Well, so my dad and myself are both morticians. So I'm third generation mortician and. Uh, naturally, any of our friends that have any death-related questions, we're the, we're the guys that come talk to. And so uh, out one night, one of my dad's buddies kind of said to us, you know, after a few drinks, uh, hey, man, you think you could preserve my tattoo? And uh, we kind of laugh it off at first. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm serious. You think you could do it? And so that kind of was a segue into our research into uh, tattoo preservation and of course, we know that it was a, a big thing um, in Japan, so we knew that it could be done. Uh, and then from there, it was kind of doing our research into how this could be done. Um, so what we actually did is, uh, for research purposes, uh, we were paying for people to have a tummy tuck. And so we would uh, have, you know, a series of five smaller tattoos uh, put on the area of skin that was going to be excised during the tummy tuck, and that skin was donated to us. And so that was kind of our, our trial and error process, uh, which took roughly two, two and a half years to, to perfect to a commercial state, so to speak. And uh, so from there, we kind of started dabbling into, you know, the number of people that have tattoos and how 
uh, social norms of tattoos are kind of uh, being broken down in society where, you know, everybody has tattoos. Lawyers, all walks of life uh, have tattoos and they're meaningful to, to people. And so from there, we're like, well, you know, we can offer this on a commercial scale throughout funeral homes. The tummy tuck is it's such a clever way to practice that without, you know, requiring all the legalities of, of getting, you know, human remains. Said two and a half years, that's that's quite a long time to, to be working on that process. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what it was like working with those that tummy tuck skin and then what it was like to slowly perfect that process over time? Yeah, so, like, the big thing is anybody can preserve tissue. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not hard. Um, where the real challenge is is preserving the tattoo within the skin. Uh, because if you use the, the wrong things, um, you can actually, you know, take the ink out of the skin, um, which, again, defeats the whole purpose. So it was that trial and error of getting it to the point where we knew that we weren't going to strip the ink out of the skin um, and getting it to higher quality of what we had seen um, because we're not the first to do this um, but the end result we feel has been uh, bar none the best uh, that's ever been done speaking of not just the united states but um you also offer these services in the United States, Canada, and and in the UK now uh, as well. And most people listening may be a little more familiar with uh, a story that, that you've told before. So you're not just preserving individual tattoos, but you've done some some bigger jobs as well. Can you tell us a bit about the story uh, of the man whose who's full body suit of tattoos you preserved and, and what that whole process was like? Uh, yeah, so uh, his name was uh, Chris Wenzel, and we preserved probably about 80% of a uh, full body suit. Uh, it would have been 100%, but some of the tattoos that he had uh, weren't finished. Um, so that was extremely interesting because uh, we had to fly out to Canada. And so f for something of that size, uh, we wanted to you know kind of oversee it ourselves. So we went out there to oversee that uh, procedure taking place. And um, had his tattoos uh, shipped back to the United States where the preservation process took place. And because of just the scale and awe of these tattoos, uh, we didn't actually want to frame them. Because uh, we didn't want the frame to take away from the art. Uh, so what we did is we had them placed in uh, frameless, full-on uh, museum acrylic cases and then uh, had him shipped back to Canada for a, uh, a tattoo convention. And that was where we were going to do the, the grand reveal at. And it was kind of funny because, you know, we shipped him a month prior to the reveal because, of course, we wanted his wife to be able to see them before, you know, the, the public did. And they were sitting in customs for a really long time and we were starting to get nervous because we were flying out to the tattoo convention as well for the unveiling of course and so I am calling these Canadian customs and I'm talking to these Rockies 
And I'm like trying to be super nice because I've heard from everybody like, listen, if you give them any attitude, they're not going to cooperate with you. Nothing. Don't even don't even try. So, you know, I'm just trying to be like super nice over the phone and like, hey, listen, um, you know, my my work has been held up in customs for 16 days now. Uh, what's going on? And they're like, well, we're trying to figure out what it is. And at this point, um, it had gained a significant amount of publicity, um, you know, in Canada, because, of course, this is the first time that something like this has been done there. And we said, hey, you know, have you seen on the news uh, about that Chris Wenzel guy uh, who had his tattoos preserved? And they're like, yeah, we saw it on the news. And we're like, well, that's that's him. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. The issue was, is, you know, we have our, our chain of commands, and this hadn't fallen into you know, any area. So we just didn't know what higher ups to, to give this to, to, to oversee this. Uh, and so it, they obviously cleared him. Uh, but that actually kind of ended up to them rewriting their customs. So I guess now somewhere in Canada, there's a Rocky or somebody that is the designated guy in charge of, uh, preserved tattoos coming into the country. <laughs> it's the Sherwood law. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. And that kind of, that kind of leads me into, um, that's, that's a, it's a great story about, um, about Chris. It kind of leads me into a, a next question here. And I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, so how is, how is all of this legal? What does this look like from a legal perspective? Well, so number one, and, and most importantly, uh, funeral law, um, is a little bit different than your average law. So by that, I mean, it has its own set of standards and precedences in place um, that don't exactly follow traditional law. It's its own separate category. And so one of the things that we do is we have an authorization form that is the permission to excise tissue for the purpose of preservation. And that has to be signed by the next of kin. So in funeral law, you have a chain of custody, so to speak, for the decedent that you have to follow. So certain rights to disposition. And so in most cases, um, you know, the head honcho would be the surviving spouse. Um, if that doesn't exist, it goes down to kids. And so, for example, if there are, and we'll call them a, a group of class. So if there are three children w which would fall into the same group of class, all three kids would have to sign off on the preservation. We couldn't just do it with one kid signing off. So that's part of the, the legalities involved. Um, and the only person that would supersede uh, the spouse would be if someone had been appointed by the court uh, to be in charge of the funeral. Um, and then from there, it's basically going into each individual state's uh, laws and regulations or funeral revised code and kind of making sure that we fit the parameters of their laws within each state. So every state is a little bit different. And uh, of course, we have uh, a general counsel on board who is absolutely brilliant, specializes in funeral law. Uh, and so he's got a Quite a few connections in the funeral industry so he's uh at this point kind of uh, i don't want to say begging or excited but he's waiting for for someone to to challenge him have there been any situations where family members or other inheritors argued over over possession of of preserved skin 
Yeah, we had uh, we had one tattoo where that was the case um, because it was two sisters and only one tattoo, uh, and both both wanted it. Um, so we actually kind of came up with a unique solution uh, to the problem, so to speak. Um, and what the tattoo was is he had two hearts. Um, each heart had a, a daughter's name in it. And so what we were able to do is we were able to um, cut the tattoo in such a way that each daughter was able to keep their own portion of the tattoo with their name on it. Uh, and it kind of reminded me of, like one of those middle school necklaces, like the best friend uh, necklaces, where if realistically, if you brought the tattoos back together, they would uh, form that perfect uh, whole piece. So they were happy with that. They both got their piece, and it kind of added uh, a little extra sentiment that they weren't necessarily expecting. So that was uh, that was a cool experience. So did you did you frame them or were, are they actually walking around with necklaces? No, today? they're no, <laughs> no, they're they're framed. They're not wearing them around their neck. We will uh, will only do uh, framed pieces. I got you. You know, we have the story of Chris and his his full body suit kind of preserving a large piece of artwork, and then you have something sentimental like these hearts with the, with the sister's name in them. What makes a tattoo worth saving in in most of your customers' eyes? Is it is it sentimental reasons? Is it preservation of artwork because of the skill of the artist? I mean, what what kind of trends have you noticed? Uh, so really, it's it's both of those um, because you know I can't tell someone what their significance behind their tattoo is. That's that's for them. Um, but when it comes to, you know, sentimental value and so forth, uh, it's, it's kind of priceless. Um, and, and the way that we kind of think of it is, you know, when you have a loved one with a tattoo, um, you know, you're used to seeing that every day for the most part. Um, and then of course you have the, the meaning that maybe that tattoo was, you know, dedicated to them in some way, you know, a father, a son, uh, a mother, a daughter, anything like that. Um, but there's there's always, you know, the, the interesting story behind the tattoo. You know, they say tattoos tell a story, and that is 100% true. And we love hearing the story behind each of the tattoos that we're preserving because that's what happens when you start talking to the family. They're they're eager to tell you that story. Um, so you have those, those sentimental uh, meanings. Um, and, you know, we've had families um, that we've talked to that have been like, you know what, I can't imagine the the funeral director handing me an urn back or go visiting a, a headstone and them telling me you know that's my husband um whereas with this you know we've got the tattoo it feels like they're home we've got that piece of them that that stays with us um and then you know from from an artist standpoint uh what some of these tattoo artists today are doing is absolutely insane i mean the, the progression um, has been exponential. Uh, you know, some of these tattoo artists today realistically are, you know, modern day Michelangelo's and Picasso's. They just do their work on ink and skin. Um, and we feel they don't get the credit that they deserve to recognize enough for their art form because it's ink and skin and not, you know, paint and parchment. That's kind of one of the things with the, the tattoo artists is, you know, up until now, their legacy was burned or buried. Um, 
now instead of pictures, you know, people can actually physically see their work. Um, you know, whether these pieces end up in a museum someday, um, you know, is, is to be seen. Um, but, you know, the, the Japanese pieces are in a museum, so it's not out of the, out of the question. Speaking more on the technical side of it, I know you can't share anything about how your secret preservation process works, but w what can you tell us um, once you have the the person and you know you've been assigned to to excise the tattoo and and preserve it? What can you tell us about that process? Well, one of the things that I would like to kind of I guess clear up is some people let their imagination run wild and they have um kind of their own idea of what we mean by when we say like excising the tattoo uh the procedure is as minimally invasive as possible we're not taking any extra tissue that we don't need um and we're only after the dermis or the skin of uh the individual um, you know, so we're not, we don't want, we're not taking any adipose tissue or the, the fatty tissue underneath the skin. We don't want any muscle tissue. So we're really doing a, a superficial incision. So I guess I, I, I want to be clear and just kind of let people know that the procedure is probably much more uh, minimally invasive than people have in their heads with their imagination of, of what we're doing. And that makes sense. We hear a lot about how you know artists have to put the have to put the tattoo ink just in exactly the right layer of skin. That does make sense that it would be um, as as minimally minimally invasive as possible. You know, the whole process takes roughly uh, four months to complete. So, from signing paperwork to receiving back your loved one's tattoo, uh, it takes about four months to complete. Uh, so, it is a, a lengthy process. But you know, part of that is because we're not cutting any corners. Could we do it quicker? Sure. Would the results be as good? No. So it, it, it takes, uh, you know, uh, probably a lot longer and there's a lot more work involved in it uh, than, than a lot of people would, would think. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of unusual requests uh, over, the, over the years in, in doing this. Is there any, what's, uh, where do you draw the line, I suppose? What kind of jobs are off limits for this? Our, our kind of thought on it is what we're doing to some people is, is controversial enough. Um, and so we're trying to maintain uh, the integrity and like it is done with the utmost integrity. We try to be respectful and, you know, treat the loved one as, as best as we possibly can because it's still a piece of them. Um, so with that being said, um, you know, we're not here to be a sideshow freak act um, where, you know, if we started doing, you know, book bindings, which we've had requests for, we're not interested. Um, you know, of course, the the good old lampshade uh, dig at us. We're not going to do that. Um, we don't do full face tattoos so that you would know that it was a face that had been preserved. Uh, and, of course, no genitals or anything like that. So we really try to stick uh, with that frame work uh, because again we want to maintain that this is someone's loved one and we also want to maintain the integrity of the art of it so if you have any of these ideas where you know we've had people ask oh will you preserve skin can you preserve a heart uh, we're the last company that you want to ask uh, for us to do that because there's just absolutely no way it's happening 
All right. So we're we're talking exclusively and specifically tattooed tattooed ink on on skin. I, I guess like the furthest it would go because it it has meaning is maybe like a, a unique birthmark or something like that because again we're still on that same line of integrity. Um, but again, anything outside of that, you know, not interested. We, we've talked a lot about about how this works, about some of the stories. So if somebody if somebody listening right now wants their tattoo preserved when they die, um, what do they need to do? So they've got a couple different options. Okay, so you can be what we call an at-need client, which means someone has already passed, and you can contact us, and we'll direct you step-by-step on what we need to do, as as well as send you our proper authorization forms. Uh, You can have the funeral home contact us, uh, because we work with them regardless. Um, And so on the at-need level, how that would work is, you know, nothing's prepaid ahead of time. Um, and we would give you kind of uh, a quote or a price of how much it would cost for the tattoo to be preserved. And then we just essentially require the uh, tattoo preservation be paid in full uh, before the tattoo is sent back. Um, on the other end, uh, you know, for some of the larger pieces or people that want to plan ahead, uh, we do have actually life insurance policies, tattoo life insurance policies on our website, uh, so Insure My Ink Forever, um, where you can pick from your plan. Um, you can reach out to us so that you can get a kind of a quote for the tattoos that you are planning on pre- preserving, so you choose an accurate policy for what you'd be looking at. Um, you would purchase the policy, and there's different uh, payments, so you know you can pay for different lengths of time, just depending on what you're comfortable with. Um, but we kind of like that approach because, number one, it... Um, kind of signifies that you want to have this done, obviously, if you have this insurance policy. But also, for your loved ones, you don't have to worry about them being burdened with any expenses. You know, just cash it in like you would any insurance policy, and the preservation is taken care of. Yet another way to uh, to take some of, that, some of that burden off of what can be, obviously, a very stressful time for people during... Well, I mean, yeah, you, you pre-plan, people pre-plan funerals. Why not pre-plan your uh, tattoo preservation? Why not? <laughs> Why not indeed? Um, do these preserved tattoos, they really last forever? As long as you, what we say, as long as you treat it like, you know, the, you would a fine piece of art, uh, which it is, uh, as long as you treat it like that, uh, you know, so you're not taking it in the bathtub with you or anything weird, um, you know, keeping it out of uh, direct sunlight, uh, yeah, it, it will definitely last for, uh, for generations. I know um, you may not be able to talk much about this. I've heard that you and Save My Ink Forever may be featured in a new reality show coming up soon. Can you tell us anything about that? So uh, I can't really talk much about that, um, but there is uh, some negotiating going on uh, to, yeah, pitch a uh, a reality series featuring Save My Ink Forever and uh, would be kind of a, a look into our tattoo preservation life, as well as, uh, you know, kind of following around uh, two family morticians with uh, an interesting father-son dynamic, so to speak. I'll be one of your first watchers, for sure, once that that rolls out. Um, So I have a a lightning round, uh, a few questions that I like to ask at the end of of every show, uh, and then we'll we'll close out and we'll, we'll tell people a little bit about where where they can learn a little bit more about you. So uh, are you ready for the lightning round? Hit me. <laughs> All right. Uh, first question. What do you want to be done with your body when you die? 
Uh, cryogenically frozen like Walt Disney. Um, no, honestly, uh, I don't. I don't really have a, a preference. It's it's not really up to me to decide. Um, you know, I will. I'll leave that to my family to kind of make that decision to to what suits them best. Um, I'd probably prefer cremation, though. It's interesting. It's an interesting answer coming from somebody in the in the industry that they they'd almost rather prefer their uh, to leave that decision to the people who who are still left behind. I like that. Um, I like that a lot. So, second question in the in the lightning round: What do you think happens when we die? It's tough to say. So, I've had uh, some interesting experiences. I've believe it or not been kind of on both ends of the spectrum. So. Uh, when I was uh, three years old, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, and I was given uh, eight weeks to live. Uh, my parents, you know, to be completely candid, didn't really speak to me about, you know, religion or anything like that, because, you know, three years old, how much can you really comprehend? I spent 163 days straight in, in the hospital. There was a point where they weren't sure I was going to make the night. Woke up in the morning as if... This whole thing had never happened. And what I had told them was that uh, the darkness tried to get me. And I didn't want to go to the darkness. I wanted to go to the light. And so that's obviously why they then asked, you know, my parents if they had talked to me about, you know, heaven or anything like that, which they hadn't. So it was my own experience. Um you know, uninfluenced that I had. And that was kind of a, a sentiment that I, you know, have kept with me today, which is one of the reasons why across my chest, I have uh, a tattoo of two angels with the stairway to heaven. And then so you fast forward now, and I'm a mortician on the end of of that spectrum. We we go somewhere. Our Our energy goes somewhere. So through life experiences that's just kind of my thought on things how would you like to be remembered for me it's just i guess for the people that care about me and the people that are important in my life that's where my legacy to them matters in the sense that i just want them to have a, a positive outlook on you know how i treated them or how we were together um and so if i made those people that i care about if i made even a shred of difference in their life or improve their existence in any way. That's all I care about, man. Kyle, thanks again so much for, for joining the show. I appreciate it. Where can people go to learn more about Save My Ink Forever? www.savemyink.tattoo. No.com, just dot .tattoo. Save My Ink Forever on Facebook and then Save My Ink Forever on uh, Instagram. Social medias, of course, are for uh, posting photos of our tattoo preservations, as well as sharing a little bit of uh, my dry sense of humor with memes and so forth. So if you like memes, check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Who knew a tattoo could last more than one lifetime? Thank you for joining us today on The Dead Desk. To find more episodes and see other exclusive content, visit us at thededesk.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thedeaddesk. Until we meet again, I am Preston Wickersham, and you, dear listener, now know a little more about what might come next.